welcome to Home Dance Film Festival, the podcast that brings a little bit of the Sundance Film Festival to you. We discuss two movies that played at Sundance along with one non-Sundance film, plus a few other fun things thrown in along the way. Today we're discussing Kajillionaire, Colossal, and Class Action Park. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dylan. So you have a choice between two water park rides. You have one, it's a water slide, it has a big loop in it, and you're almost guaranteed to slam your face into the roof whenever you go through the loop. Or you go down a water slide and it's like a huge ramp and there's a huge hill in front of it and there's a chance that you might fly off this ramp and roll down a hill into a highway. Which one are you taking your chances with? Well, given those two equally appealing options, (laughs) I might have to go with the loop-de-loop of death (laughs) because seems a little less likely that I would die, maybe. Maybe I would just be more maimed and deformed. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. But not end up in a highway where I would get run over. So I think I would just get my face smashed in. What about you? I think I'm going to take my chances with the highway because I'm going to get launched off, but I'm going to try to roll sideways real fast. Whenever I land, I'm going to try to control it and tumble a different way. And maybe it'll be during a less trafficy part of the day as well. That's bold. I mean, you're probably going to end up hitting like some rocks and gravel. I, don't, I think your face is going to get really messed up no matter what. Yeah. And body rash and all that good stuff. On a similar note, Dylan, did anything melt your face off this week whenever you watched it? Um, why, yes, it did. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a few movies. I'll try to be brief. Not too brief, baby. Since I'm doing three real quick. I watched a movie from 2000 called Under the Sand by French director Francois Ozon. (laughs) I know people love when I try to put some stank on those uh, two uh, non-American directors. People might know him from, he had a kind of a breakthrough in the early 2000s with Swimming Pool with Charlotte Rampling, but this is an earlier collaboration with Charlotte. And it's a really interesting movie about a woman who goes to the beach with her husband that she's been with for like 40 years and he disappears and she's not sure if he drowned in the ocean or if he took off and faked his own death or what happened. And it's just about her kind of reckoning with her grief and pretending like he's not dead and just kind of not handling her grief in a very productive way. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of psychological. It keeps you guessing, even though I think you're kind of led to believe that he did indeed drown, but she's not really in a place to accept that. But it's just an interesting exploration of grief and how that affects people. The director, he's a really strong director, and he actually has a movie coming out, I think, in limited release the day after this episode drops called Summer of 85, which got some good notices when it was released in France last year. It was supposed to debut at Cannes last year, but it got cancelled. But I'm excited to see that. He's a very strong director from what I've seen. But Kino Classics just put out a new Blu-ray for this that I would recommend for fans of French cinema. And then also, we watched another Kino Classics title, (laughs) Ladybug, Ladybug, from Frank Perry, the director of Mommy D. Mm. Yeah. And this is a movie from the early 60s that tackles the Cold War paranoia that was being felt at the time. It's about a school out in the country where their nuclear alarm warning goes off and no one's really quite sure if it's an actual harbinger 
of an impending attack or if it's just a unscheduled test. So or a malfunction. Yeah. So and no one can really get anyone else, like any government officials, on the line because the lines are busy. So that might be a sign that it's real. Yeah. <laughs> but then the teachers are broken out into groups and they are supposed to walk the kids home because that's the protocol in a nuclear attack to get home and be with their families and go into their shelters if they have them because what else are you going to do during a nuclear attack (laughs) what did you think of this movie it bothered me their whole system was terrible and right down to the alarm that whenever it goes off Mm -hmm. the first thing they think is is this real and it's like that's what it's there for so just do what you need to do and figure out later and the fact that they couldn't even make sure or that no one would call them and be like, hey, this is real or whatever. Yeah, I think it just feeds into more that they didn't want it to be real. So they're like, <laughs> no, they're kind of incredulous. Like, no, this can't be real. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's just like the little boy who cried wolf, but yeah. they didn't have it over and over mm-hmm. except for drills. So whenever it happens, they're like, Meh. <laughs> This movie really reminded me of kind of like a Twilight Zone episode. It really ratcheted up the tension and... And they did have a Twilight Zone episode about a fallout shelter and stuff. Yeah, and it really kind of devolves into that in aspects near the end with some of the kids and Mm -hmm. whether or not to open a fallout shelter and everything. These kids, awful. Ruthless. Yeah, cutthroat. I really like this movie. I thought it was very intense. Yeah, it's good, but it's just very frustrating. Yeah, you get easily frustrated because about a lot of movies. because you so dumb. Hate, <laughs> like their system. You hate how people just, you hate how people act a lot of times in situations. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they're like, yeah, um, everyone walk home. Their homes are like miles from the school and they're just walking, just walking in the, in the streets. And then if a bomb comes, they're toast. Like, it's just so dumb. <laughs> There's this one teacher walking, yeah. like, 14 students. What do you expect her to do? Make them all run? No, but they need to have a better system, like, not go home and have a shelter there if they're so freaked out. Just raise money and build a fallout shelter at the school. Because walking home... This struggling country school has no, no. <laughs> money to build a fallout shelter. They need to have something at the school. It's just like whenever we had tornado warnings at our school. And like, this is at my high school. Whenever we had a tornado that went literally right behind the high school and destroyed our football field, the tornado was coming. It was minutes away. Mm -hmm. Parents were showing up to pick up their kids. And I was like, what are you doing? You are insane. And they just let them go. Yeah. It is so stupid. (laughs) It's the parents' right to take their child into the eye of a tornado. (laughs) They almost got sucked up into a nader. One of my friends had to stop at a gas station and hide out in their beer cave (laughs) because her mom came and picked her up. And I was like, no. (laughs) Parents know best. It is wild. Yeah. It really irritates me. Yeah. But in this situation with a nuclear attack, what are they going to do? They're going to walk home. They're going to be toast no matter where they stay. So yeah. Being outside is like literally the worst. (laughs) It would be so much more worse than being inside a building. I would think they're either going to be black dust on a wall or they're going to be black dust in the wind. I feel like it would hurt less inside a building. That's just me. By seconds. They're going to (laughs) be... Just vaporized. It. Just 
Get inside a building. Well, no matter if you approve of their choices or not, I thought the movie was very good. It was a very spry sub-90 minute movie. Spry. It's spry. It moved. Yeah, and it had... Yes, William Daniels himself in his screen debut. So it's his first role. And still playing a teacher. Yeah. This is the same universe. He was a teacher and he had to deal with this nuclear bomb threat. And then he was teaching Corey Matthews. He didn't even, he never told Mr. Matthews about his nuclear scare. You know what? He was the principal and then he moved down to a teacher. That's quite a, I guess he just missed the thrill of directly interacting these kids' lives. It's probably because he didn't handle this situation well (laughs) enough. They're like, well, we're never getting giving you a position of authority again. That's true. One final tidbit about this movie that would only be interesting to us. The teacher who was leading all of the kids to quote-unquote safety. Their deaths. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, Nancy Marchand, who uh, we recently started watching The Sopranos, and that's Tony's mom. Oh. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That was a fun thing I found out during my research. And then the final movie I want to talk about very briefly is a new horror movie from 2020 called anything for Jackson and it is a movie about an older couple who have lost their grandson and their daughter in a car accident and they want to bring their grandson back because they miss him so much the doctor is a OBGYN they kidnap one of his patients who is pregnant and they mm. want to put the grandson's spirit into this lady Okay. and there's a lot of possession movies out there but I think it's more rare that you have a movie where you're trying to put someone's spirit into a person. (laughs) Yeah. Usually trying to take it out. Yeah. But no, they're just grieving grandparents who want their grandson back. But whenever you mess with the spirits and open up that door, things get crazy. But it's a really well done, more low budget horror film. If you like that genre, I think it's a very strong entry and I would (laughs) recommend it. It's got some good creepy things in it. So it's about that time. It's about time that we dance. So Dylan, shall we Sundance? I would love nothing more. Most people want to be kajillionaires. That's the dream. That's how they get you hooked. Hooked on sugar, hooked on caffeine. Ha ha ha, cry, cry, cry. Me, I prefer to just skim. So do I. February, March, April. Uh, we may have to pay an installment. Rent is an installment. It's a monthly installment. They are real characters, super unique. But you vouch for them, right? She learned to forge before she learned to write. Oh, actually, that's how she did learn to write. My favorite movies are the Ocean Eleven movies. This is exactly the kind of thing that I've been wanting. So what do your parents do, hon? Hon, you've never called me that. But you could if it was a job, though, right? Kajillionaire premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2020 in the premiere section. It is written and directed by Miranda July and stars Evan Rachel Wood, Deborah Winger, Gina Rodriguez, and Richard Jenkins. Con artists Teresa and Robert have spent 26 years training their only daughter, Old Dolio, to swindle, scam, and steal at every opportunity. During a desperate, hastily conceived heist, they charm a kind stranger, Melanie, into joining their next scheme, completely shaking up Old Dolio's routine. Her unlikely connection with Melanie begins to 
to challenge old Dolio's odd and stoic reality, and she finds herself suddenly caught between the only family she has ever known and the prospect of total freedom. We had the pleasure of seeing this film at Sundance when we were there in 2020. Hell yeah! And I remember when we watched it, it was in both of our top fives of the festival. Hell yeah! <laughs> I think it was my number four! Woo! I really loved it at the time, and in the intervening year, after being pissed off that they did not release it on Blu-ray... <laughs> I finally got to watch it on HBO Max because I refused to buy a DVD and I'm going to plead for Criterion to release this. Anyway, I was wondering, is it as good as I remember? Because I saw some of the reviews come out whenever it was released theatrically and I was thinking, is this going to hold up? And it did. This is a great movie. I just feel so much while watching this. I remember whenever we were watching this the first time, I was watching this family. (laughs) I had never felt so seen in a movie (laughs) because they are such frugal, (laughs) conniving, scheming people just to get a deal. And then after watching the movie, I was like, oh no, I I don't want to be completely... I think you mentioned something to me about it. Because there's an early scene where they're talking about different ways to earn money and just kind of just game the system that they have a receipt collection where if they like find things in the wild they'll return it to Target because they (laughs) they know the exact prices of things and I don't go that far but I am a person who I'm very you love a good deal I love a good deal I love it so much You, you love a good price mismark yeah if I can uh, get one over on the stores, <laughs> I'm pretty happy. But just seeing this family come together to just live on the fringes of society and make their way just by inches instead of miles. They're just constantly just getting by. But they're so interesting. Just they're so great. Mm-hmm. But just as this movie progresses and seeing how bad of parents old Dolio's <laughs> parents actually are and the lack of connection and she He's never been really cared for in the way she needs to be. It's so heartbreaking. Uh, you talk. <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings. Miranda July's brain is a wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah. I think after watching this movie again, I love it even more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it would be like higher on my top five list or top whatever list of the Sundance that we made because there's still the really good movies that I love from there. But it's higher in my heart. I really love it. And like you said, it makes me feel things too. It makes me feel kind of, I don't know, just grateful that I have people that love me. And then also it's kind of thrilling, like a thrilling experience to watch. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out of the theater at Sundance and we we're on our way to the shuttle stop. And I said to you, um, this is definitely going to be one of these things that I'll just randomly think about just years and years after I've seen this movie. And I'll just chuckle. And mostly her Evan Rachel Wood's name, Old Dolio. Yeah. And I said, I'm just going to think about it randomly. And I was right because all throughout last year and up until watching it again, I would just be sitting there and then it would just strike me out of nowhere and I'd be like, oh, Julio. And I'd just start laughing. 
So it's provided with me with chuckles and yeah. lightness. Just months past. The reason behind the name, <laughs> we will not spoil, but the reason her name is Old Dolio is one of the great joys of my life. Yes, it's so good. I haven't seen Miranda's second movie yet, but so far this one is my favorite of hers. I love the cast and everything. This is like the first one that Miranda hasn't been in herself because she's usually oh, yeah. in her own movies, which she does a good job. Mm-hmm. I think I remember um, Miranda talking about it or reading what Miranda said about it that Evan just wanted to put on that voice. She like did all of that herself and she just felt like she needed to do it and Miranda was like, this is amazing. (laughs) I couldn't have asked for better. Evan is so amusing (laughs) and just her physicality. One of the first scenes you have is just her kind of military flipping and crawling, covertly sneaking into a post office (laughs) just to avoid the cameras. It's ridiculous but hilarious. Yeah, all of their quirks, like this whole family, they're strange. They're strange in the best way. Mm. And the way that they talk, the way that they move, the way that they dress, it is okay. I love whenever uh, old Dolio is supposed to be like serious and kind of business lady or whatever. Mm. And she has like this 80s blazer on with shoulder pads and these <laughs> thick frame glasses. Yeah. They're so out of time with everything. Because <laughs> they just get everything from like thrift stores mm. and wherever they can find it. Yeah, and they just let their hair grow. Yeah. Deborah Winger is also very good in this movie, yeah. but she just looks almost Quakerish yeah. or something. She's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of my favorite performances from her. She's <laughs> yeah. just, it's a very interesting role for her. I wouldn't have pegged her for this before I watched yeah. this, but then after I was like, no, she's perfect. Yeah, and it was definitely a great role for Richard Jenkins. And then, funny enough, he was in two movies at that Sundance that we were at, and this was the better one. The yeah. other one, The Last Shift, yeah. was not great. <laughs> no, we didn't. That was more towards the bottom of our Sundance yeah. experience. But he was perfect for this movie. He did a great job as well. And then, I didn't know any of the people really in it except for kind of what we read Mm -hmm. and I just knew about Evan Rachel Wood I Mm -hmm. think and that's what I remembered and then just going in and watching it and Gina Rodriguez showing up I was like oh wow this is really great I would not have pegged her to be in a Miranda July movie but it was really great I think her character was pretty excellent yeah this is definitely her best role since Jane the Virgin Mm -hmm. I think it most tapped into kind of her strengths I mean she was great in Annihilation but it was more of a part of a ensemble that favored Natalie and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think her particular brand of kind of bubbly in a good way, like effervescent, but also very uh, cunning and quick. Just blunt and real Mm -hmm. and won't put up with anything. But also has vulnerability because she has her own uh, struggles. She's kind of hiding from the family, Mm -hmm. like struggles with her mother that informs how she interacts with Old Dolio and how she feels about how her parents are treating Old Dolio it's a very good role for her. Yeah. I was delightfully surprised to Mm -hmm. find her there and her parts with Evan were some of the most moving parts so I really liked them together. Mm -hmm. Just working together and talking together is nice. And this movie has of course strange things in it because it's Miranda July. So of course there's stuff in it like a a newborn's breast crawl. So like crawling
cuddling up the mom to the breast to have like that bonding experience. Mm. So it's just strange things that you wouldn't expect in any other movie except for Miranda's. Yeah, whenever you were talking about Miranda's brain and how you love <laughs> living there, just certain weird things such as where they live yes. and how every evening at five <laughs> bubbles just stream down the wall and they yeah. have to catch them so the wall does like the room doesn't fill up with bubbles and the wall doesn't get moldy. It's like soap sud. Yeah. They're like living beside a factory. Called Bubbles Yeah. Inc., which is hilarious. <laughs> Just that little quirk of the only place that they can connive to live at the cheapest rate possible is this rundown place where soap fills <laughs> their house every it's day. It's like an office building. Yeah, it's great. And I love how everyone, well, just Oldolio and her parents are waiting for the big one, which is the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Like they're going around and they're convinced that the big one is going to happen any day. All throughout the movie, they have like trembles and like mini earthquakes. So they're always freaking out. Yeah. And then everyone else, of course, is used to it. And they're like, oh, yeah, did you feel that? Ooh, it's a big tremor. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about uh, Gina, but her interactions with old Dolio's parents, there are some things that really make me laugh because just the dynamic between their heightened brand of crazy and this new kind of outsider perspective. This isn't a spoiler, really, but just one joke that really made me laugh is Richard Jenkins is explaining, uh, trying to let her in on a plan that they're doing. He says, do you get where I'm going with this? And Gina's like, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She comes in and she kind of thinks that they're joking, but also trying to save money. And she's like, oh, I like saving money. This is fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just makes me laugh that she doesn't take it seriously until she realizes that that's who these people are. Yeah. We talked about how I love a deal, but just the places these people go, it's just (laughs) outrageous. And I would never sacrifice familial Mm -hmm. bonds just to earn like a couple hundred bucks. No, but these people, this is their life and it's toxic to how old Dolio has been raised Mm -hmm. because even you get a sense of that at the beginning, whenever they're trying to run a con on a masseuse and get money back for a gift certificate, I won't go into everything, but whenever old Dolio has to reluctantly accept this massage, just how it shows that she's not accustomed to touch, Mm -hmm. it's just so kind of heartbreaking, but immediately gets you into the mindset of how this character's been raised and how she's kind of been neglected. Clues you in really quickly without going into a lot of her backstory. Yeah. Everything between her parents and her is kind of like a transaction. They're all business partners and she's never had real parents and something happens where she sees what a real connection between a mother and a child can be and she realizes that she hasn't had that and so she starts questioning things Mm -hmm. from then on and then just meeting Melanie also kind of reaffirms what she's been missing because Melanie's like uh yeah this is kind of (laughs) whack so it's really sad just seeing old Dolio struggle yeah but it is really moving there's one particular scene like that involves an older man oh yeah that's what I was just thinking of yeah that was really sad and I think it was probably one of the most profound parts of the movie, I would say, and just how her parents put their normal business-only hard edge aside, like the way that they operate, mm-hmm. and they become human again, and then they, they willingly help this yeah. man out, and she sees what a real family could be. And yeah, it's, she gets a glimpse of normal, what normal could yeah, be. Yeah, and it's really sad just seeing her kind of relish in it, but also knowing that she can't have that, it's so sad. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw that scene, and even 
even this rewatch, I got lost in that scene with her and mm-hmm. just felt like, this is so nice. This is great. And then not everything can stay. It's all a con. Like it, Everything is always for a purpose. Yeah. I appreciate that this movie takes more of an approach that I know you love um, and I love as well of choosing your own family mm-hmm. and family not necessarily being blood. Yeah, I find being able to choose your own family and then choosing them, I find it like a more, I've already said this, but like a more profound experience. It's deeper. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really special and I love seeing it on screen. You just talked about one of my favorite scenes in the movie, but another one that almost made me feel lighter than air, which might seem ridiculous, but both times I've seen this, there's a scene in complete darkness where it just kind of transitions into Stars. stars. Yeah. With the voiceover. I don't know. There's just something about that scene and just Miranda's writing and how she conveys what is happening on screen. It kind of takes you out of the headspace of being anchored to reality. There's just a lot happening. So beautiful. I love it so much. Just her outlook after that scene. It's just so infectious and lovely. (laughs) I like that the characters in the scene are kind of losing their bodies Mm -hmm. and they're just becoming the universe. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. I also love a scene that involves old Dolio dancing. That really got me. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that part a lot. There's so much in this movie that it's just so great. And there's, like you said, there's moments of disappointment and heartbreak of just how some characters act towards others and just what they decide to uh, say at certain moments just ruin the illusion. And it's so tough. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody for my I've had that song stuck in my head. After the movie at Sundance, I had it stuck in my head for probably the rest of the month, and now I've had it stuck in my head again. I like that song. I definitely think that people aren't giving this movie enough attention, and people aren't giving it enough of a chance. I know it was released during a pandemic, so that does not help at all, but just not getting the Blu-ray and then it being in some indie theaters and kind of fizzing out because no one saw it, really. I feel like it needs a second release. Yeah, it's definitely worthy of a reevaluation even though it just came out last year. Miranda keeps growing as a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. and I think this is such a strong effort that it's a quirky vision, but people who like quirky movies and not quirky in a bad way, I think they will really appreciate this movie. Yeah, I can't wait to see what else Miranda does, how her career goes forward. Speaking of people not giving it enough attention, and you said quirky characters, this is definitely a quirky movie, but I saw this review, it was along those lines, and it made me laugh. They did not like the movie, and they said it was the worst, but they said, I love quirky or weird movies with unusual characters, but this was just flat out awful. And I was like, I don't think you do like quirky movies, (laughs) because this was exactly that. So I don't think that this person likes quirky or unusual characters. It made me laugh. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. But I mean, people don't have to love this movie, but I think they should at least give it a chance. Yeah, even with uh, some people not liking it and it having like some bad reviews or whatever, it doesn't have like that low of a rating or anything. And I'm not saying that just because a movie has a low rating or a good rating means that it's good. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like there are people who love this movie besides Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, since we both rewatched it, both of our impressions seem to have grown in the interim and I found stuff in this movie if you have watched it maybe watch it even again you'll probably like it more because there were things in here that I saw Miranda lay out earlier that paid off later in the movie 
it just really made the movie even more special to me. Yeah, I think everyone should please watch this movie and give it a chance. If you're not used to kind of strangeness, then just be prepared. That's what it has in it. It's an indie movie. It's weird. Have your mind open. <laughs> yeah, but it's not even as weird as something as we've seen at Sundance, like An no. Evening with Beverly Laughlin or something. Yeah, which I greatly enjoyed. Yeah, but... <laughs> but that's a movie for a different time. It's quirky. It's, I'm trying to... It's approachable. Yeah, I think it's accessible. But I'm trying to think of like a movie movie that's strange in the mainstream that some people are like whoa that's too weird for me like artsy it probably sounds like napoleon dynamite okay yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. think of napoleon dynamite and then go in (laughs) like he's a quirky character but people find him endearing yeah these people i don't think they'd be as annoyed because i think a lot of people got annoyed by it yeah it's napoleon dynamite without the hype and more heart it's more deeply moving than napoleon dynamite and it has larger and more intense themes than napoleon dynamite tina you fat lard come get some dinner what is that rating system my rating system is old receipts Mm. so i would collect four and a half old receipts so that final receipt might not give me what i need (laughs) i think i'm probably gonna give it the same four and a half old receipts out of five so as i mentioned we urge you to see this movie and it is currently available to stream on hbo max the unprecedented nature of this phenomenon. Get that tangle. You know you're watching something that's going to change the course of history. You all right? Yeah. Uh, it's this nervous tick I have. I get this itch. Oh my god. Thing appeared. Same place. Exact same time. But it just made a bunch of weird hand gestures. You got something. It's dancing. It's dancing like. (laughs) Holy shit. Colossal played at Sundance in 2017. It was written and directed by Nacho Vigalando. It stars Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, Austin Stowell, Tim Blake Nelson, and Dan Stevens. Gloria is an out-of-work party girl who leaves New York and moves back to her hometown after getting kicked out of her apartment by her boyfriend. When news reports surface that a giant creature is destroying Seoul, South Korea, Gloria gradually comes to the realization that she is somehow connected to this far-off phenomenon. As events begin to spiral out of control, she must figure out why her seemingly insignificant existence is having such a colossal effect on the fate of the world. So I think that this movie is severely underrated. I think it's a movie that suffered the fate of having terrible marketing. I watched both trailers that they released and it makes it seem like a kind of romp and more comedic than it actually is. And even the little... Like the splash quotes? Yeah. Even those, it says Anne Hathaway is hilarious. And I was just like, I don't think that's apt. And the movie poster and the cover art for the Blu-ray, it makes it look like it's a fun movie because it's like a frame of Anne being kind of silly, but it's not a silly movie. And I think people went into it expecting like some romp with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, and it's not that. It has very dark themes, and it's about abusive relationships and addiction and alcoholism. People went in expecting something light and funny, and I don't think anyone expected a rom-com. It did not look like that even in the trailer, but 
but they expected light and then it disappointed them so they say it's a terrible movie but it's not terrible <laughs> so I think this movie is really underrated and people need to watch it more if not just for Anne Hathaway's performance and Jason's they were both really good in it like whenever we first saw it at Belcourt I didn't want to know anything about it so we didn't watch trailers nothing I just knew that Anne Hathaway was going to be in it and I wanted to see it yeah <laughs> because I love Anne Hathaway <laughs> so I was kind of like thrown off a bit because I was like oh wow <laughs> this is really dark I didn't think that it was bad or anything it's a really good movie to see I think everyone should watch it yeah I definitely really like this movie I, I was reading up a little bit on kind of the history of this film and I really admire how Anne realized that her career was not really in a place that she wanted it to be and she purposefully sent out feelers for scripts that kind of appealed to her sensibility and then she found this and she kind of compared it favorably to being John Malkovich which is one of her favorite films which I think is an apt comparison and just attaching herself to this weird little script just Mm -hmm. so it could be made I'm glad that it did get made because I can't see a lot of people having the clout to get something of this scale made I know it's still low budget but just some of the effects work that had to go into it I know that it's more than just the average indie and whenever you were talking about kind of the tone of this film I think almost the tone I think people might have expected is what they may have actually gotten out of Save Yourselves, which we watched last year, which also has dark elements, but mm-hmm. has a more humorous things mm-hmm. than this film. Yeah, this movie does have comedic elements to it, but mm-hmm. it's not funny. Yeah, but it is not bleak, but it's very uh, anxiety-ridden and tension-filled moments just stemming from her lifestyle of alcoholism and just not having a clear sense of what she wants to do with her lives and how that affects the bigger world. It's a very inventive movie. Mm-hmm. I asked you last night how we were going to discuss this because I wasn't sure what we wanted to reveal or not. But I think we agreed that since the marketing revealed it that we could say that she is in control of this kaiju monster <laughs> yeah. in South Korea and just how that manifests and evolves and connects to her deeper problems and how she's trying to build upon that. It's very engaging. Yeah, I think people, if they see the trailer and they kind of ignore the comedic parts of it and they see like, oh, well, she's the monster and they might think that it's just kind of, I guess, like derivative or something, just like the monster is her emotions. Okay, great, got it, what else? But it's not just that. Mm -mm. It's a lot of stuff. And I think it has a lot of even feminist values Mm -hmm. because she's essentially learning to stand up for herself. And if you're in an abusive relationship, as many people have seen in movies and television and heard from people that they know, sometimes it's hard to get out of them because you don't have like a strong sense of self or Mm self-worth. So just learning how to be strong for yourself. So I think this movie has a lot more than people would probably think or say. Yeah, it puts forth the idea of an abusive relationship in the most dramatic terms possible, but it's not a depressing movie to watch. It's very entertaining and thrilling at times. It's just Mm -hmm. you're rooting for her to make her life better and get out of her situations and figure out how to get her life in a place that's safe for herself and for the world at large. Yeah, it's also kind of a mystery just figuring out why stuff is happening and what happened to her because she's very damaged as a person. Mm -hmm. And just the people she has in her life, I think it's interesting to see how they fit in to her overall journey. Dan Stevens is good as her boyfriend who's just kind of had enough of her hard 
third party ways how that relationship dynamic differs from the crew that she meets back in her old town at the bar with Jason. And I had actually forgotten that Tim Blake Nelson was in this movie. So I was delighted all over again because I love Tim Blake Nelson. And I think his character had some really funny moments in this. Yeah, he's really good. And I had almost forgotten that I had just watched him in The Watchmen. Yeah, there are things that happen whenever she's back in her town and working at the bar that kind of didn't really gel with what I thought was going to happen. There's a moment where someone's being reckless and setting off what I thought was going to be this really huge firework inside of a building, which I thought it was one of those ones that you see outside of cities that like go way up into the air and creates a huge explosion. And it wasn't that. So I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't (laughs) more damage. I mean, there's damage, but it was a huge canister and I was just like oh this bar is about to get messed up yeah I thought the same thing I thought it was one of those big ones yeah whenever people were ducking behind certain things I was like that's not gonna be enough this bar is about to get up in flames it's crazy which it did to a point but not as much as I thought yeah there's a fair amount of destruction in this movie (laughs) although one thing I do want to credit the filmmakers for I think this movie had excellent sound design Mm -hmm. because since this is a low budget film you obviously can't have a CGI creature wreaking destruction all throughout the film but they transport you to this scene of destruction through sound and there are a lot of times where you just see like Anne Hathaway's face and but you hear all of the sounds and screams and buildings toppling just in the sound design and I thought that was such a cool way to get around their budget limitations letting you fill in the picture yourself which I think is more effective in this Mm -hmm. regard because we've seen monsters toppling over buildings and a thousand big budget movies (laughs) but so you can kind of fill it in. Yeah, I would agree. The whole movie is very stressful and (laughs) frustrating and just the relationships that she has with different people is also extremely frustrating. Like, it makes me angry a lot of times Mm -hmm. and sad. It's difficult to watch, but it's worth it. It has a good payoff. I also find this movie very empowering Mm -hmm. and I found it really moving. So just watching it again, I was feeling not more moved than before because I remember feeling a lot in the theater, but just, I felt a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Things you were just talking about it kind of reminded me you know how we uh we both kind of have a fear of being uh wrongfully imprisoned and just confined (laughs) it kind of reminded me of that just kind of certain situations that arise in this movie of just people not having control of certain situations i think that's where mine stem from because i like being in control Mm -hmm. and just not being able to control people it freaks me out yeah and so this movie it's triggering for you (laughs) yeah wow i just realized that i did not realize that before that's a good point (laughs) you're just like no I just want to be in control I don't want to be under anyone's thumb that feeling of just having someone hold something over you is awful so Mm. (laughs) yeah I see shit is going down your spine yeah just thinking about it and just seeing no way out as well Mm -hmm. like you're just in it yeah it's a lot yeah I don't know if this was intentional, but I like that it's kind of a play on words with Soul Korea because she's soul crushing. So <laughs> that that's a stretch, but I can see where you're going. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. 
I know I talked about the sound design being impressive, but also I appreciate the way that they could make something as simple as someone stomping their foot down into the ground on a playground be so soul-crushing, knowing the ramifications of what's happening on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. I think that was an inventive way also to uh, get across action without actually having to film it. Yeah, this whole movie is very inventive, so if people play it off as just being plain and done too much, then they would be wrong. I had never seen anything like that. Speaking of dark themes, there's also a good depiction of self-loathing in this movie Mm, yeah, and how damaging it could be, which I know a thing or two about that. (laughs) Not to get too dark, but I know how damaging it could be to relationships and just your interactions with people on a basic level. It does a good job showing that, how insidious and dangerous it is. But I do appreciate that there is growth in that department and she's not left just being self-loathing throughout her journey. Mm -hmm. But it's like small town life and people not reaching their potential and kind of being bored and Mm -hmm. hating themselves. So it's interesting that it's not just her. I mean, she doesn't like herself, but there are a lot of people around her and just in her life that don't like themselves. Yeah, just lashing out because they are not fulfilled in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So this is also a movie that I am saying, well, rather pleading to watch it and give it a chance. Anne Hathaway is super amazing in this movie, as is the entire cast. And if you don't think that there is a way, Anne Hathaway. (laughs) (laughs) Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Yes, she's more than okay. She's brilliant. Oh, good for you. And how was it? Jessica, hit me with that rating system. My rating system is deflated air mattresses. All right. I would give this movie four deflated air mattresses. I would also give this four deflated air mattresses, which means no good sleep for me for a while. If you want to see how you feel about this movie, you can currently pick it up on Blu-ray, but is also available to stream on Hulu. There's nothing in the world like Action Park. Baby, let the ticket action park. Action, action park. The story of Action Park is a true crime story. As you entered the park, you saw this thing. And you're like, this is real. The engineering behind this, if there was any engineering, was just nuts. Build it higher, make it faster. People control the action. Combine that with liquor and anything goes. There were no rules. For a lot of kids, that was heaven. And if you couldn't swim well, yikes. Class Action Park was released in 2020. It is directed by Seth Porges and Chris Charles Scott III and narrated by John Hodgman. It stars Chris Gethard, Allison Becker, and Jason Scott. Class Action Park is a documentary that explores the legend, legacy, and truth behind New Jersey's Action Park and its reputation as the world's most insanely dangerous amusement park. So this was a really fun documentary. I really loved it. I like how everyone talked about it, just their history with it, because all of the people, the talking heads, actually had experiences there because they were living in New Jersey and they went to the park or visited it. And I really loved hearing their experiences and just their thoughts of the park at the time and then what they thought of the stories later, like whenever they weren't going anymore or just that happened at the time of people getting hurt or dying. And they also tied it into just being a kid 
kid in the 80s, like a latchkey kid, and just not having as much supervision as maybe they needed or having people care enough about their well-being because it was more so like the kids were just on their own and just do whatever. Because they talked about how they would sometimes get in a group and ride their bikes up to this park on like a highway and it was just fine and they'd spend a day there and their parents wouldn't know. <laughs> There's no cell phones, anything, and people didn't care as much. It was less like, what about the children? The forgotten generation. Yeah. So I like that they kind of tied that in. Yeah. This movie is a lot of fun, but one thing I think a lot of people really respond to about this is unlike, say, something such as Action Point, which is Johnny Knoxville's dramatization of inspiration for this, this film really explores the dark nature of this park Mm -hmm. and, and gives a face to the people who died and suffered serious injury because it wasn't all fun and games at Action Park traction park yeah. yeah but i appreciated there were differing viewpoints there are people whose parents owned the park originally and people who own a version of it now and people who worked at it back at the time and people who visited as kids back at the time like you said so just the kind of getting different viewpoints and also people who lost people mm-hmm. it's very interesting hearing these stories but it's not all light yeah, it's not all nostalgic. No, it's um, not being like, oh, those were the days. It was just like, Jesus, that was a time. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. <laughs> the park has really a lot of ripple effects from it just lingering out. Just families who have lost kids and then people who got maimed or injured mm. or just people who experienced something there that they still look back on and they're like, that was insane or I had the best day of my life. It varies. It's a good, well-rounded doc. Yeah. We joked at the top of the show about what would you do ever since I watched this film? And then like you just reminded me by asking me that question. I've just been thinking of being on some of these rides and just certain water slides with like screws sticking out. And I've just been imagining like my skin getting caught on screws and everything. (laughs) So my skin is crawling right now. Just thinking of just toenails being ripped. Uh, Sorry for people listening. Just different, awful, awful things. It was pretty insane. I love how... the movie they take you through pretty much the entire park and they go like ride by ride and section by section Mm -hmm. and they use animation to show how the rides would go and they also had footage from the park and it really paints a picture yeah some photos of people after they had gotten injured and just Mm -hmm. secondhand accounts and it's just wild and people are like oh yeah I got injured at action like everyone's basically like oh yeah of course you do like I got thrown off this ride or I fell out of this or something and (laughs) these people are lucky enough to be around to tell the story like several people were not yeah I like how even the simplest of rides was dangerous like there is one that should have been so simple it's just people basically jumping off a cliff into a pond like a lake kind of thing and it was deep enough but it was just the fact that it was teenagers running the park pretty (laughs) much and there was like no supervision and no order and they couldn't just stop people from going all at once and so people would get hurt because people would jump on them and like land on them so it was insane it amuses me that it took them longer to realize than they needed to that they should paint the bottom (laughs) like a certain color so that you could realize how deep you were diving so yeah and they they painted it so that they could see bodies that's true so if anyone was drowning they could see (laughs) and the fact that they had to do that (laughs) yes 
it just brought out the most ruthless nature in people. Yes. There was basically like a white water rafting ride <laughs> where it was poorly designed so people would get stuck in a certain crevice and yeah. the rafts would just pile up because no one was around to just kind of free people. It's almost like a Mad Max-esque like pushing of people and like fighting and then you had like hyped up bros just they would go there in like hopes of getting into some yeah. kind of altercation. Yeah. You had people getting out of the rafts, going over to other rafts and punching people, yeah. just getting into fights. It wasn't even their fault. It just, they got stuck and they were like, I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it made no sense. I'm not bashing New Jersey, but I like how people <laughs> describe like the quote unquote Jersey trash yes. that would gather and just... <laughs> have a time. The park did seem pretty trashy. Yeah. On one hand, you can understand where this original guy was coming from because I think we've all thought like, man, this would make a cool roller coaster if I just did this, like a fun ride. Yeah. But then he would just actually not do any research, just construct it and be like, okay, I'm going to do this and with no regards to if it was physically possible for like a body to clear a loop like yeah. on a water slide. And he was just like, make it work. And just them talking about about like teeth that were embedded yeah. into like the bottom of like because you'd smack your face yeah it's, it's cringy yeah and just skin knees and everything it's like before the game that everyone played whenever I was in elementary school where you would design theme parks on the computer mm. oh yeah 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 roller coaster tycoon yes it's, I had that on the computer <laughs> it's like that but this dude didn't have that so he, <laughs> and he had the money to make a real park so he's like let's see if it works it seems fun <laughs> let's make this giant loop that yeah. isn't possible and then let's have teenagers run it who yeah. are just wanting to like get high and like have go sex. have sex in like yeah. a storage room, like a smelly storage room. Yeah, and just no real medical unit or anything because I'm sure people were on the verge of heat stroke at time and oh, for sure. getting dehydrated and everything. And then I love the description of how they would take care of some of the wounds, like usually just skinned mm -hmm. knees or appendages. It's like that iodine spray yeah. that burned really bad. It's just so wild that the 80s were wild. Yeah. Of course, like, parents are more mostly a lot of parents are more uh, attuned to what their children are doing mm -hmm. at any given moment also it wasn't just no one was really paying attention to what was going on it was because this person had power in the community and it, this documentary also goes into kind of some of the political machinations of how a person who has power and is bringing money to a community can basically get away with murder because mm -hmm. it's money driven of course it's not life driven and the cost of human life life isn't worth anything recreation money coming to the community which is pretty much how it goes a lot of times even now yeah especially with our healthcare system you can tell that the value of a human life isn't very high yeah <laughs> over money so just getting a more of a behind the curtains look of what all this guy was into it's so interesting to see how certain groups loved him and thought he was like the most generous guy and most kind guy and then other people hate his guts because of stuff that he did and for good reason yeah how he got away with killing their children. Yeah. But then he would also like give money to charities and stuff and try to like do a bunch of other things for the community. That's usually how it is though with people yeah. with power. They're they're not a hundred percent evil. But they're like doing things that so they can get away with sure. the bad stuff. So what he was doing wasn't altruistic. Mm -hmm. I have to uh give credit to um some of the more well known subjects. I mean most common people probably wouldn't know them, but Chris Gethard and Allison Becker especially mm -hmm. both of them 
I love them. You could tell that they were more so comedians because they knew how to tell a tale. I loved Chris's stories and experiences. Yeah, Chris is hilarious anyway. If anyone hasn't seen any of Chris's stand-up or just heard him on podcasts, he's great. He got into some stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting how the memories that he had where he knew that he was in danger and how dangerous it was, but then he still looks back on it fondly. Because he knows he's, he survived. Yeah. It's like a badge of honor that yeah. he survived. I think they even mentioned that. Yeah, I've, I've survived Action Park. There was a part where they were talking about the wave pool at oh, Action yeah. Park. I mean, several people died, but at least two they talked about died in that wave pool mm-hmm. and how the wave pool was just a crazy idea in general. And then I thought about how there's one here in Tennessee. I don't know if it's still here, but yeah, Wave Country. Uh, Yeah, it is. But they still have that. And I didn't realize how dangerous it was. And I've been to that park two or three times and I was preteen age. And this one time I was there and I always thought it was the coolest thing. And I was never in the deep, deep Mm-mm. part of the wave pool. I was just kind of where it was bigger, but not the smallest. And I thought it was so cool because you can just like jump into the waves. Yeah. And I was like on the side. Thank God. I was on the side and I just kind of slipped more into the deeper end and I almost drowned. Oh, like I started drowning and the lifeguard was right there and he looked down and he was watching me and he just reached in and grabbed my arm and just pulled me up beside wow. him. And he was like, you okay? And I was like, yep, I'm done with the weight pull. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I'll ever go on a weight pull again. Oh my. It just reminded me of that. And I was like, yeah, they are very dangerous. Yeah. One thing from my perilous childhood that I remember, <laughs> I believe it was in um, Pigeon Forge, but I'm not sure if it was in Dollywood. I don't think it was. They had the same things as Action Park had, of just the kind of downhill slope where you were on the little boards where you can control the speed oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that everyone kept flying off the sides. Yeah. So I remember thinking that that looked so cool and like so interesting. And I'm 95% sure, because it's just this kid brain memory, that both my dad and I did end up going on it highly against my mom's objection. We made it through okay from what I remember. (laughs) I don't remember any falling off or scrapes, but I remember a lot of people at that time were falling off. So it wasn't just Action Park that had this ride, but (laughs) I was just like, this looks so cool. You can control how fast you're speeding speeding down this concrete ramp down this mountain. But as a kid, it just looks so cool. It's such a terrible idea. And then everywhere else instituted these ideas. That's crazy. Yeah. Just that they still have a wave pool. And it's they still probably have still there, yeah. Man, that reminds me of another thing that I've told you before, just being a kid and wanting to have fun and take everything to the next level. I was in second grade, I think, and I was on the playground and there was this big slide. It was like the like aluminum looking metal slide where it reflects <laughs> the sun and it uh, got yeah. super hot uh, yeah. but it was cold enough that we were we- wearing coats and jackets okay and i had my traditional windbreaker jogging suit <laughs> Because I was obsessed with those, and I called them my swishy pants. Yeah. And I would wear those suits all the time. But I took off my jacket, and I was like, I'm going to sit on this because it's like a slick Mm -hmm. surface. So I was like, I'm going to sit on this and go down the slide, and I'm going to get super high speeds, and it's going to be dope. And so I started doing that, and I told my friends, and I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) You need to try this. Starting a trend. Yes. And kids started lining up, and they were sitting on their jackets and, like, flying down the slide. And then a kid fell off and got hurt, and then... The teacher came over and was like, no more. You do not sit on your jackets. Do not do that. But no one knew that it was me. (laughs) (laughs) That teacher, she's listening to this podcast. She's like, I should have known. The little quiet girl. Yeah, it got like banned to sit on your jacket and go down that slide. (laughs) And you started it. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. I was such a heathen. Yeah. <laughs> I felt really bad for that kid though. I was like, oh. <laughs> hey, he knew the risk whenever he started. Yeah. Everyone knows if you can't handle the speed, get off the ride. I feel the need. The need for speed. Uh, simpler times. Back to the movie. Yeah. There are a lot of moments in this that I think I can relate to amusement parks that I've been to in my life, but never to the degree and recklessness at Action Park. There was a part where they were talking about this water side that they had, like this whole aquatic mm-hmm. motorboat raising thing, yeah. where the whole lake was just filled with leaking oil and everything. And, and snakes. snakes. <laughs> uh, and I know I've been taken to a similar place as that, and I'm just like no that can't be good i just how all these people they're so reckless yeah it made me think of just lake swimming in general and how like nashville shores has that lake that you go into where it's a beach oh yeah and i just thought about how dangerous it can be amusement parks are whack they're wild yeah because just watching this movie just makes you realize how treacherous and how on the verge of death you can be at any minute i mean i love amusement parks but they're wild they are i like them to a degree but i also don't love them. I've never loved them just because I don't like roller coasters. Disney World, that's fun because there's all kinds of stuff to do and I'm good with smaller rides. Yeah, I've had my fair share of like smash nards on the little bar that comes up. Little indention on roller coasters. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Why wouldn't they put padding or something? I mean, it's padded to a degree, but still any degree of like whenever you're hitting those, uh, I was gonna say G's, like whenever (laughs) you're... (laughs) G's, baby! (laughs) Whenever you're just flipping around like loops and stuff you're mm-hmm. just gonna yeah. especially if you're or whenever you go up and come back down yeah like a little Ooh. but it's all part of the experience baby uh, i love roller coasters I, it, it's fun even though my old body probably can't handle it anymore yeah i don't like them i can't take it it just reminds me of just how a lot of amusement parts just have like lore around them and oh yeah because, like, Six Flags had this whole story where the, what was it called? The elevator or whatever. Like, the mm. thing where you go up and you go straight back down yeah. where this girl's ponytail got stuck oh. and then goes down and she got scalped, basically. Like, there's all kinds of lore. That can't be true. Oh, it's probably not true. <laughs> Amusement parks are so crazy yeah. that there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, my goodness. Urban legends. It's great. That's why in the cinematic classic Final Destination 3, That's they I tapped think. into that yeah. fear. I remember and... thinking about that girl whenever we watched that. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite entries in that franchise. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's very relatable. It's a relatable yeah. doc. Yeah, I, it's very good. It's very entertaining. And if you think, hey, you guys, you just told all the most interesting aspects of this documentary. Nah, there's plenty more. This mm-hmm. is just the tip of the iceberg. There are yeah. plenty of wild stories to listen to. Yeah, I don't want to tell all of them, but there is a lot there. So if you're just in the mood for just a fun documentary, documentary fun mm-hmm. but also like insightful yeah it's a good summer doc yeah come on guys yeah. get into the summer groove do it later dudes <laughs> let her rip hang pen what is your rating system for this one i hate to be obvious but i gotta go for it i am going to say broken bones Nice. I think I'm going to give it five broken bones out of five. So this movie is in a full body cast. <laughs> nice. What is your rating system? Uh, I think I would have had to go with poolside brawls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I would get into four and a half poolside brawls. <laughs> gonna be a real melee out there if you're interested in checking out this film it is currently streaming exclusively through hbo max 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Home Dance Film Festival. Join us again next week when we will be discussing 2013's The Way Way Back, starring Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Allison Janney, and Sam Rockwell, and the wild 2015 documentary Finders Keepers, plus a wild card that you will have to wait to hear about. For those who want to prepare at home, The Way Way Back is currently available digitally or on Blu-ray, and Finders Keepers is available on Prime Video. If you have any thoughts or opinions about the movies we discussed today or movie suggestions, you can write at us at homedancepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us at homedancepod. Please leave a rating or review if you feel so inclined. It helps us out. That would be great. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DylanGonzalez2. You can also find me publishing reviews almost daily on geekvibesnation.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at JessicaNarrates. You can also find me contributing to geekvibesnation.com. Yes, please go look at her piece on Miranda July that she published earlier this year if you liked our discussion of Kajillionaire. Oh, thanks. (laughs) We are proud to be a part of the Geek Vibes Nation podcasting network. Original music for the show is provided by Andrew Carroll, who can be found at musicbyandrewcarroll.com. Original artwork for the show is provided by Ben Belcher, who can be found on Instagram at The Art of Ben Belcher. I've been Dylan. And I've been Jessica. Now, can you see where I'm going with this? Oh, not at all. Bye! Bye. Gucci.